Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pettum back. As always, and with the international break coming to an end, we are finally in the home stretch of this Premier League season, of course. Villa take on Fulham at Villa Park on Sunday. Very much looking forward to this one to see hopefully Jack Grealish back in the side because I am basically tired of seeing very poor football as of late. But nonetheless, of course, to have an opposition preview, we need an opposition fan, that being a Fulham fan. So I have found Matt. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Cole. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. And I should say how rude of me, of course. Matt is speaking on behalf of Fulham Focus at Fulham underscore Focus on Twitter. It's basically all, it's the same thing as the 7500 whole website, basically uh, podcasts and all that kind of good stuff. So if you want to get the outside perspective on an opposition club, of course, you can go there. But Matt, let's let's uh, we'll start with Fulham's perspective so far with this season. What do you make of it? Because, I mean, you guys started off pretty slow, I think it's fair to say. But really, since then, you've played some pretty decent football and been picking up some good points. I think to say we started slow is being very kind. I mean, we were <laughs> we were appalling at the start of the season. We were terrible. Um, in the first game back in the Premier League, um, we we played Arsenal and we picked the same starting eleven that we we picked in the playoff final, which meant no Alexander Mitrovic and it meant a very Championship standard defence. Since then, the defence has completely changed. I mean, I was just looking at it before I came on to see the defence last time we played you. Um, we played a back five of Kenny Tete, Dennis Adoy, Michael Hector, Tim Ream and Joe Bryan. And only one of those players, Kenny Tete, regularly plays now. We've completely changed our defence. We've got um, Danish international Jockey Anderson and uh, Tashin, who we signed from Man City as our two centre-halves. Then we've got Anthony Robinson playing, uh, playing left-back. Um, occasionally we have Ola Aina playing left-back as well. And Kenny Tete usually plays right back. Um, and it's, it's turned into a very, very good defence in front of um, Alphonse Ariola, a French goalkeeper that we've currently got on loan from Paris Saint-Germain, who's, who's played, I think, every game in the Premier League this season. And defensively, I believe we've got, or we did have up until very recently, I'm not sure if this record still stands, but we've got the second best prem, uh, the Premiership, uh, sorry, Premier League defensive record um, uh, since December behind Man City. So we've been very, very tight at the back. Our problem is scoring goals. And uh, our, our striker, Alexander Mitrovic, um, hasn't been used much this season, to be honest. We've changed our style over the course of the season from uh, keep ball style to counter-attacking football. And it's meant that Mitrovic's opportunities have been limited. But over this international break, He's scored five goals in three games, so we've we've just recorded our show just before coming on to talk to you, and we've all of us have agreed that 
now's the time to get Mitrovic back into the side. We've got eight games left to save our season. Um, we don't score enough goals. Let's get in the bloke who scores goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just to kind of go back to the start of the season, is it fair to say basically Fulham's slow start is due to the quick turnaround, of course, being promoted, and then it feels like a matter of almost weeks, really, maybe even not even a month that we had between two seasons. Do you think that was a lot to do with it? I mean, from a Villa standpoint, we were very lucky. It seemed like just surviving relegation was a bonus, and somehow we got a few key signings in there that have just been lights out. But is that fair to say for Fulham's perspective? I think it would be an easy excuse, if I'm honest with you. Uh, We always knew... Um, given the state of the world at the moment, that it was going to have to be a quick turnaround if we were fortunate enough to get promoted via the the playoffs. Um, We did that. And of course, we then knew that we needed to get in some reinforcements. Um, Our uh, recruitment policy relies very heavily on loan signings um, at the moment. And we had a lot of loan signings in last season, a couple of which were made permanent. But the problem with loan signings when you get promoted is that some of them you don't want to keep. So they end up going back and you've, you've got to find new players very quickly who are good enough for, for the level that, that we now find ourselves at. And the, the fact that we, we, we had that period of time after the start of the season, I think there was a month or so where we could still bring in players. Yeah, the players we brought in uh, were defensive minded and they were very much needed. But there's always that period of time, I think, when you first, um, when you get promoted, where, you know, you you need to bring in reinforcements. Um, And it just depends on when that transfer window deadline is, because it's always, all the business is always done on the last day, generally, isn't it? And everyone always complains, saying, well, we should have got these players in earlier. But it's impossible to do it, because it's the domino effect, isn't it, on transfer deadline day? You're kind of waiting for that one move to go ahead before everybody else can move. Um, so it just depends on when that when that deadline day is as to when it happens, I think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't think, well, I, I would hope people realize that it is a domino effect and sometimes it just doesn't come off because really the first string in that effect didn't happen. But nonetheless, the one thing I do want to talk about uh, before I ask you about your manager, Scott Parker, is Josh Madger. Of course, he's only recently come into Fulham and of course he is of Sunderland till I die fame if no one's really yeah. kind of familiar with that name and maybe now they are with thinking about that what are your thoughts on him so far of course I think he had was it a a double um I can't remember if it was his first or second game or something like that but he seems to have a pretty decent impact so far from what I've seen but what do you guys make of him yeah he's something that we were missing for a long time we were playing with um the likes of Ivan Caviero, um, um, maybe Bobby Reed to to a point as well. Rod Ruben lost his cheek playing playing as as our uh, our forwards, um, and they're not really prolific. They're not they're not sniffers. They're not the sort of players who will follow shots in and just take a chance. Um, and that's what Josh Madger did. He did it against Everton when, uh, as, as you say, he got a couple of goals. Both of those goals were tap ins, just where he took a chance and gambled and, and finished from close range. Um, aside from that, though, his, um, his overall contribution to, to the team is, um, isn't always amazing. Um, he, he goes missing in, in a lot of games. Um, and I'd just like to, see, I'd like to see more from him. Um, and I think now Mitrovic is back in form, I, I, I think he should be used from the bench. A lot of our supporters are talking about potentially using Mitrovic and Madger together. Um, but, you know... 
now's not the time for experimenting. As I said, we've got eight games to go. We probably need 10 points to stay up. And it's, there's no there's no time to mess around with, oh, let's just see if that works. We, we need to just go with what we know. Um, I like Josh Madger. I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him sign permanently. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, let's use him sparingly for, the, for, for now because the jury's out, I suppose. Um, he's one of these players where you think, Maybe he'll come good in the future. You know, is, is he is he one for the future that we could use in a season or two's time and be a regular? But at the moment, I, I, I don't think so. Well, that's more than fair. And I mean, I think from a Ville perspective, we know more than probably anyone of recent times not to mess around in the, the home stretch of a season, given how last year went. And I don't want to relive that ever again if that's even possible but I'm sure it'll happen again in the future I've experienced too many relegation bound seasons or very close to relegation bound seasons within the last 10 years or so so I'm I'm sure one of those days will come creeping around again eventually but the one kind of figure I guess from a full perspective before we actually get onto the game here Matt would be of course your manager Scotty Parker of course everyone knows him from his time at playing at Spurs West Ham and of course Fulham um what's the kind of general consensus around him as a manager within the Fulham fans? Because I think from the outside looking in, he seems like a very kind of morale given manager. And what I mean by that, it seems like someone's going to really kind of boost the attitude and be a kind of real man motivator, I guess, in some ways, but what do you guys make of him? Yeah, I think man management is one of his key strengths. Uh, when we were relegated two years ago, uh, he was the third manager that we had that season. We started off with Slavisa Djokanovic. He was sacked after 10 or 11 games. And then Claudio Ranieri came in and was an absolute disaster. So Scott Parker came in and steadied the ship. He was already at the club anyway, and he was kind of given the job until the end of the season. Um, then he won three games on the trot, having once the club were relegated. Um, we, won, we won three games, and it seemed like, you know, there was just... Smiles were back on people's faces. It, it had been such doom and gloom that season. It was a dreadful, dreadful season for us. Um, and then last season um, was where the real hard work started, I suppose. We brought in some, some new players, um, managed to keep hold of the likes of Mitrovic, Tom Kearney, who we thought we might end up losing. And, uh, and we started winning games, but... They weren't emphatic wins. The football was a little bit turgid at times. Uh, we weren't creating loads of chances. We weren't really taking sides to the cleaners like we, we thought we might do with the players that we had at our disposal. And, you know, we were beating teams 1-0. But what would, what would happen is, you know, we shut up shop with 10 minutes to go. We bring on defensive players. Um, and that's, that's just the kind of manager that he is. Very quite cautious at times rather than really going for the jugular. And, uh, and yeah, th- this season he's spotted where our weaknesses are and, uh, and he's changed the style of play. And now we're, we're very tight at the back, but we still don't score enough goals. So that's where we are with him. I like him. Um, there's been times this season where I've questioned whether he's the right man for us, particularly when, you know, we weren't picking up victories. But we've given ourselves a shot uh, of staying up. We're still in, in with a chance at the moment. And... Um, and I think he's done a decent job. And if he does keep us up, then you start to wonder whether or not other sides, bigger sides, potentially might have a look at him. Yeah, and I mean, it was kind of the same thing with us and Dean Smith last year. A lot of fans were saying, is he good enough for this level? Inexperienced, to say the least, at this level. Same thing like Scotty Parker, of course. Different scenarios, of course. Actually, you know what? Now thinking about it, kind of similar in terms of 
us being an absolute turmoil in the championship. And of course you guys having some turnover kind of going up and down a little bit there as well. But I guess the one thing maybe some people would want to know and maybe to get your perspective on it. Do you think if you guys don't survive and you do go down, do you still think he's the man, the job, the man for the job to get you back up? I think so. He's, he's got a track record of getting promoted from the, the championship now. Um, and I think what we see from him is that he's constantly developing as a manager um, he's learning from his mistakes, and um, and yeah, I think the the real problem in this in the in, with the game in this day and age is that a manager doesn't sign players, so you're only as good as the the players that the director of football gives you. Um, but I think that they work quite closely together, certainly closer than uh, Slavisa Djukanovic um, and Tony Khan, our director of football, work together. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think that that he'd, he'd stick around and that he'd be given the opportunity to stay as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's always good to see players that have a, a past history. Well, I guess players turn manager in this circumstance, but either way, having a past history in some way with a club, it always kind of gives that feel good factor too. And that's important as well, because you need to link the fans with the club too. So anyways, let's, let's get on to the, the game portion of this, of course, because it's kind of an interesting one uh, looking at Fulham's kind of playing history since I think it was around uh, February 20th. I think every game aside from the Man City game, which of course, I mean, who really stays close with Man City these days anyways, has been basically one goal differential if not uh, a draw. So, I mean, like you've said this before, Matt, you guys are keeping goals out for the most part, but not scoring them. And I guess when you look at this Villa side, and we'll have to assume Jack Grealish is back in the side as well, is there confidence going into this game? How do you feel about it? Well, we've just come off the back of a defeat at home to Leeds before the international break, which was quite a frustrating one because we didn't play well in that game. Um, the Man City game, we made three individual mistakes and lost 3-0. Uh, the Leeds game, just, yeah, as I said, well, it wasn't great. I think there's every reason for the players to be confident. They, they clearly believe in the style that we're playing in. Um, we, just, we just need to be more clinical in front of goal because we create chances as well. You know, it's, a lot of our supporters say, oh, well, it's, it's boring football. We're, we're not creative enough. But I think we are creating those chances. We're just, we're just missing a lot of opportunities. So... Um, something good's got to happen sooner or later if we're going to stay up. And I think the players need to treat every game as a cup final. I know it's a cliche, but they, they really do. We've got eight games left and every one of those games represents an opportunity to, to claw ourselves closer to safety. And, uh, you know, we're just running out of time. So um, in terms of the Villa game, I, I don't think our record at Villa Park is fantastic. But that being said, our record at Goodison Park was terrible. We went and won there too. No, we'd never won there before. And I think this is a season for surprise results, um, you know, away from home because there's no supporters in the ground at the moment. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's tough really for a Villa perspective too, because we've been kind of, even before Jack got hurt, we've been in a little bit of a lull where we're keeping things tight. Same thing like Fulham where last year, well, really last year we can even keep a game. It feels like under three goals for the longest time. And, We've tightened up the defense, but since obviously Jack's been out, it's been goalless draws or losing here and there. And I think the one thing that comes to mind is that draw against Fulham, which, or not Fulham, sorry, Newcastle, where I don't even understand how we were winning that game. And then to draw at the last second to a team that I think really just needs to go down and re 
find itself to be honest it's a complete mess but yeah it's been a bit of a mess this season in turn well not this season I should say but the last probably six or so games in terms of goal production and whether that's Ollie Watkins producing can we get enough support to him it's just it's kind of been an, an interesting one where it seems like the roles were reversed from last season but Nonetheless, I guess going into this one in particular, if you're looking at this Villa team, Matt, is there one area where you look at it and say, you know what, we can expose there or there? It's, it's difficult because, as I say, we, we we just don't score enough goals. So I think um, we've, we do have some good individual players. Adam Ola-Lutman is, um, is very good at getting down the, the left-hand side and cutting in on, on his right foot, but then his end product is, is often lacking. We've got the same on, on the left-hand side of the pitch as well with Anthony Robinson, who's our left-back, who likes to overlap and get to the line, but his crosses are all, often you know, not good enough. Um, so I've, I think in terms of Jack Grealish as well, you were saying, I think if you take the best player out of any side, then you know, you're going to see a drop in performance. So that's, that's been unfortunate for Villa. And it's potentially unfortunate for Fulham as well that he's coming back just in, in time for this one because I was really hoping that we might get to face you without him because he, he always seems to, to do well against us, even um, in the playoff final against against you, um, especially when we went down to 10 men. Every time he got the ball, he looked like he was going to score. Um, and, and he did score against us earlier in the season when you beat us 3-0 at the Cottage as well. Um, but yeah, I mean... I. I I, I think it's, it's going to be a, a tall ask for us to, to win this game. I think Villa are a very good side. Um, but at the same time, we have had some surprise results. You know, we've gone to Everton, we've gone to Liverpool and won both those games in the last few weeks. Um, so why not? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you guys can't win, in my opinion. And it's it, it's a weird one for us because we're, we're safe. And I can't remember the last time we've been safe this early really so I to be honest I think Villa are on for probably around a 50 point season so another nine to maybe even 12 or so points Europe's a little too far Uh, I guess to maybe give my score prediction before I ask yours I feel like this game could either be something crazy or it could be something like a nil nil or a a one all to be honest it's one of those games where you look at it from a full perspective they don't want to sacrifice too much up front for the defensive aspect. And from Villa, it's kind of, can you create enough opportunities without obviously sacrificing from the back as well? And we've seen that kind of from the Spurs game where we just shot ourselves in the foot twice from silly errors. But I guess nonetheless, Matt, before we wrap things up, could I get your score prediction, please? Yeah, just just really quickly before I give you that, yeah. I've got to say that that, um, that Aston Villa-Newcastle uh, game, at Fulham Focus, we have a and we have quiz nights, just Zoom quiz nights every um, every couple of weeks um, on a Friday night. So we were having a quiz night whilst we were all watching your game. Um, of course, <laughs> you got you got quite a late goal, didn't you? And everyone's everyone's punching the air, and then all of a sudden, when Newcastle equalised with almost the last kick or head of the game, everyone's just sunk back in their seats, going, "Can't believe it! How on earth has that happened? That's ridiculous." So, um, so we were all rooting for you in that one, for sure, because, you know, Newcastle are probably our main rivals for, for relegation or to, for survival, should we say, um, right now. Um, in terms of the game, um, Ollie Watkins we've got a bit of history with because of his, um, his Brentford connection. And Ollie Watkins and Alexander Mitrovic were both fighting for uh, the golden boot in the championship last season. Um, 
Ollie Watkins has obviously had a far more fruitful season now he's signed for you guys than, than Mitrovic has had from our bench this season. Um, so I think he'll he'll definitely be uh, one um, one to watch. He um, he's he's not got a bad record against us. Um, but I'm hoping for a draw. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm hoping for a win, of course. <laughs> but I um, I think it'll be a draw. I think a draw will be a decent result for us. I think, um, as I say, we need probably another another ten points this this season to to be safe um, to see to get ourselves over the line. And I think I think this will be um, one of those points, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I'm going one all. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I don't I don't know why, but like if it was earlier on in the season and we had the same form that we had as in Villa, then I'd be fully confident. But uh, yeah, it, it's a weird one. To be honest, I thought you guys were dead and buried way earlier in the season. Yeah. And this has probably been like the slowest relegation fight I've ever seen in terms of two other teams that are absolutely poor and just didn't have a chance from day dot being Sheffield mm-hmm. United and of course West Brom and yeah I mean it's really tight for you guys of course like there's still what Burnley Newcastle and I think even technically well Brighton are into it as well you never really know what's going to happen there so it'll be an interesting fight nonetheless but uh, anyways Matt we'll we'll wrap things up there thank you very much for joining me of course if you want to find him and the Fulham Focus team it's um, at Twitter at Fulham underscore focus of course you can check out their website as well it'll be in the description of this podcast if you want to find me on twitter it's at talk aston villa you can tweet the team at 7500 to holt and of course you can email the podcast with any questions or any ramblings uh you have at holtcast at gmail.com of course don't be afraid to obviously give this podcast a uh, a positive rating wherever you find your pods apple podcast spotify yada 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 you guys have all heard it before but anyways We'll wrap it up there. Hopefully an entertaining game on Sunday. And don't forget, up the villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.